0: Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 486 for the second half of January 2019. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with a forecast and regularly include other special features. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host Benjamin Bernstein broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. To get to a specific part of the show, including the forecast for a particular date, check out the index at the very end of this MP3. You can also see this index in writing at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. So, we'll start as always with the forecast, which has some very powerful events then some announcements, and then we are reintroducing our interactive listener consultations. Uh, We have one coming up this last nearly an hour. We're going to go really deep, and uh, the woman I'm interviewing, Cheyenne, um, has a very intense issue surrounding a betrayal by uh, someone in her life, and we go deep into her chart around relationship and her incredible um, Pluto Um, interacting. Her Pluto is conjunct her sun, opposing her moon natally, and it squares Juno, the asteroid goddess of committed partnership. It's a very intense and challenging chart, and we discuss how can she use this chart to make her life more wonderful and deal with the power issues that she is facing. Anyhow, more on that when we get to that. It's very juicy, and you'll learn a lot about astrology too, I hope. But in any event, let's move on now and get to the forecast. 2019's most powerful lunation, a Leo blood-moon total lunar eclipse, incorporating three potent aspect patterns, highlights the second half of January. We also have the first exact occurrence of one of the year's most important aspects, a 15-month Saturn-Neptune sextile brimming over with awesome possibilities. There's also much more, including a rare quadruple-yod aspect pattern what's old as we come into the second half of January. we got a waxing moon, several aspect patterns still in play, including a couple of grand crosses, a double Thor's hammer, an envelope, and a yod, which we have previously discussed. So now let's move on to our individual days of the forecast. On Friday, January 18th, The second half of January opens up with no significant events on the 16th or 17th, but the sky, fully revitalized after two days of rest, returns with four significant aspects today. On Friday, January 18th, first up, relationship, harmony, and flowing creativity is smoothly supported by a Venus-Mars trine, Venus-12 Sagittarius, Mars-12 Aries. With Venus and Sagittarius, think big. Can you amplify some wonderful aspect of a relationship or expand your web of connections? Artistically, are you inspired to work on a larger scale? Also on Friday, January 18, your mind can probe deeply with Mercury conjunct Pluto at 21 Capricorn. This conjunction is ideal for investigation, research, and detective work. With Mercury in Capricorn, this aspect especially supports putting your mental focus on practical matters. Also on the 18th, The Sun makes two aspects today, a Sun Chiron sextile, Sun 29 Capricorn, Chiron 29 Pisces, and a Sun Uranus square, Sun 29 Capricorn, Uranus 29 Aries. The sextile supports healing and mentoring, ideally with intuitive energy and information supporting measurable outcomes. The Sun Uranus square can bring you more intuitive flashes, which my clients and I find to be the most accurate source of guidance. If you have fallen out of alignment with your life purpose, this aspect can create the disruption needed to bring this to your attention. This aspect will be most helpful when you act based on an intuitive flash, using your left brain to orchestrate optimal implementation. On Saturday, January 19th, an envelope, also called a grand shrine with two kite points, peaks today on January 19th. This auspicious aspect pattern started on December twenty second and ends on February eighth. This envelope featuring Ceres, Juno, Chiron, Pluto, and the lunar nodes invites you to seal the deal on any of the following opportunities: flowing support for healing and committed partnerships, increasing your service and/or visibility as a healer or mentor, enhanced financial opportunity, especially if working with a professional partner or working in committed partnership with your customers or clients. With the south and north nodes in Capricorn and Cancer, all of the above is supported with a balance of practicality and love. On Sunday, January 20th, the sun enters Aquarius at 3.59 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. For the next month, it's easier to embody your authentic self and follow your intuitive flashes. This is also a great time to serve others using your special gifts you most love to use. Also on Sunday, January 20th, You can connect more deeply with your beloved as Venus squares Neptune, Venus 15 Sagittarius, Neptune 15 Pisces. But don't let an upswelling of love blind you to an important relationship challenge. While this aspect can create a powerful urge to merge, it also warns of the possibility of deception or important information being withheld. Are you smitten with your beloved but also have a nagging feeling that something isn't right? Perhaps someone who knows you both is already aware of the issue, but they may need you to ask them before they're willing to share their insights. On the brighter side, this Venus-Neptune square can inspire you to deepen your conscious connection with your higher self. It can also help you perceive the divine essence in all things and fire up your artistic inspiration. On Monday, January 21st, A Leo lunar eclipse will redden the sky at 12.16 a.m. That's at 0 degrees, 51 minutes Leo. The total phase of this total blood moon lunar eclipse will be visible throughout North and South America, as well as the western parts of Europe and Africa. Central and Eastern Africa, Europe and Asia, will see a partial eclipse of the moon. For an eclipse to happen, the luminaries and lunar nodes must be within 18 degrees. They're only about 4 degrees apart here, which helps make this eclipse quite strong. Because it's a Leo full moon, this lunation invites the release or adjustment of leadership and how you seek or deal with public recognition. The theme of release or adjustment can also extend to children, your inner child, and playfulness, as well as risk-taking, recreation, rest, and relaxation. Leo has a more diverse array of meanings than any other sign. Amazingly, this eclipse contains three major aspect patterns, a grand cross, a kite, and a Thor's hammer. The grand cross contains the moon, sun, Mercury, Pallas, Uranus, and the lunar nodes. And by the way, you can see all of these aspect patterns at astroshaman.com. I've broken out each pattern individually as a graphic on that blog post for this forecast. And let me explain how I'm going to give you these interpretations. First, I'm going to read it as plain English, and then I'm going to do it again, inserting each planet or sign that led me to that interpretation. So here's the Grand Cross interpretation just as English. After careful planning, you communicate a revolutionary message at the perfect time. The message is practical. It aligns with your life purpose to communicate it, and you do so in a loving and entertaining way. Now here it is again with the way I got to it. After careful planning, Pallas, you communicate a revolutionary message, Mercury, Uranus, and Aquarius, at the perfect time, Capricorn. The message is practical, Capricorn. It aligns with your life purpose, lunar nodes, to communicate it, and you do so in a loving and entertaining way, Leo Moon. The next aspect pattern woven into this lunar eclipse is a kite, a grand trine, or equilateral triangle, with a fourth point giving direction to the pattern's energy. The kite contains the moon, sun, mercury, Ceres, chiron, and the lunar nodes. Here's two possible interpretations. I'll take both runs at each one. Harmonious breakthrough healing of old emotional wounds, accomplished through mental focus and the use of previously acquired practical talents. Second take, harmonious, kite, breakthrough healing, Chiron, and the sun in Aquarius, of old emotional wounds, moon, oh, forgive me, emotional is the moon, and wounds is Chiron, Ceres, and the south node, accomplished through mental focus, Mercury, and Capricorn, and the use of previously acquired practical talents, south node and Capricorn. Second interpretation, insightful, heartfelt, and brilliant wisdom given in practical matters, insightful, Aquarius, heartfelt, moon, and brilliant, Aquarius, wisdom, Chiron, and Capricorn, given in practical matters, Capricorn. A Thor's hammer is a 90-degree square combined with two 135-degree sesquares. This is the third aspect pattern. This one contains the moon, Venus, Jupiter, and Neptune. Here's two takes. First, Strongly amplified creative inspiration, along with the strong desire to share it with others. Second take. Strongly amplified Jupiter, creative inspiration, Neptune, along with the strong desire, Venus and Sagittarius, to share it with others, Moon in Leo. Next one. Excessively addictive or escapist behaviors visible to others. Excessively addictive or escapist, Piscean, Neptune, Square, Sagittarian, Jupiter. Behaviors visible to others, Venus, Sesquare, the Leo moon. If you've gotten sucked into the second interpretation, focus on the first one. It will give the aspect pattern something better to do. This lunar eclipse's Sabian symbol is, a man is under emotional stress and blood rushes to his head. With so many planets involved and so many hard aspects connecting them, this could describe the response someone might have to this eclipse. If you're feeling challenged, be sure to have a regular practice that supports calm and serenity. And so here I'm going to tell you how to get to my invocations, which my Embodied Awakening invocation is really good at supporting calm and serenity. I will have other references in this forecast section to both the invocations for awakening and healing. So this is how to get to either one of them. Go to astroshaman.com. On the menu bar, uh, The last word is resources. The first pull-down says invocations for healing and awakening. Click that or tap it. Up will come two posts. The first one with the blue angel is invocations for healing and awakening. It's mainly about the awakening invocation. The one below it with the screaming man says your negative reactions, golden opportunities for clearing and awakening, and that's the one for healing. So that's how to get to the ones as I reference them throughout this podcast. My eclipse special is nearing its end. Two powerful eclipses happen in January. The following only summarizes the most important effects, but in a nutshell, a Capricorn solar eclipse lined up on January 5th around 15 Capricorn. This partial solar eclipse powerfully energizes accomplishment, maturity, good time management, efficient planning, and implementation. One of this eclipse's major aspects is a Saturn-Neptune sextile. We'll be talking more about that later in this forecast, actually which empowers law of attraction manifestation and embodied awakening. The sun and moon also join forces with the no-nonsense conjunction of Saturn and Pluto. This potent duo excels in catalyzing shadow work. If used skillfully, they offer extraordinary opportunities for accelerated personal growth. And as far as the Leo total blood moon eclipse, I just told you about that one. These eclipses impact 22% of your natal chart and can powerfully affect you for the next 6 to 12 months. Let me help you harness these potent eclipse energies so they'll make your life more wonderful. Are you concerned about how they'll affect you? Do you want to maximize their benefits? Then consider an eclipse-focused astrology consultation. Again, I've got that special offer running on eclipse-based sessions until the second eclipse happens on the 21st. Learn more at astroshaman.com. You'll see the eclipse special in the What's New section just a tiny bit ways down the homepage. We have more on Monday, January 21st. In addition to the eclipse, we have two standalone aspects. A Mars-Saturn square, Mars-14 Aries, Saturn-14 Capricorn, is made extra powerful because each planet is in a sign that it rules. Challenging manifestations could include aggressively controlling behavior and repressed anger, rather than using something like my free healing invocation to process and clear it. Life-affirming uses of this square include energized planning and implementation and amazing endurance. Also, on Monday, January 21st, if you make the right adjustments, a Uranus series quincunx, Uranus, 29 Aries, series 29 Scorpio, can help take your prosperity to the next level. It can also catalyze a breakthrough in the healing of sorrow. On Tuesday, January 22nd, the two ancient benefics, bringers of good luck, come together today as Venus conjoins Jupiter at 16 Sagittarius. This can be auspicious for relationships, but can magnify whatever harmonious or challenging dynamics are present. This conjunction can also amplify artistic creativity and open the door to new financial opportunity. On Wednesday, January 23rd, you can take your authentic self-expression to a new level thanks to a Sun-Mars quintile, Sun-3 Aquarius, Mars-15 Aries. This magical aspect can also fire up more intuitive flashes. Also, on Wednesday, January 23rd, Mercury makes two aspects today. A Mercury-Uranus square, Mercury-29 Capricorn, Uranus-29 Aries, and a Mercury-Chiron sextile, Mercury-29 Capricorn, Chiron-29 Pisces. If the square has your mind running a mile a minute, ask your higher self to send down intuitive flashes to guide you. Those are thoughts that arrive with a feeling of absolute certainty. The Mercury-Chiron sextile, lends smooth vitality to mentoring and healing, especially if done in a down-to-earth and practical way. On Friday, January 25th, a Mars-Jupiter trine, Mars-17 Aries, Jupiter-17 Sagittarius, can smoothly top off your tank. You can channel this abundant energy into exercise, athletics, and sex. Or you can fire up your leadership, get entrepreneurial, or fight for a worthy cause. On Saturday, January 26th, a grand cross featuring Mars, Pallas, Uranus, Pluto, and the lunar nodes begins today, peaks on February 7th, and ends on February 17th. One way to think about this aspect pattern is that Mars is simply pumping up the energy of an existing grand cross. That Pallas, Uranus, Pluto, lunar nodes grand cross started on December 22nd, peaked on January 13th, and will end on April 4th. Here is its interpretation. Almost three months remain to cultivate the finer qualities of Pallas Athena within yourself. That's how long her Pallas, Uranus, Pluto, Lunar Nodes Grand Cross remains in orb. It began on December 22nd. Well, I've already given you the dates. I'll skip past that. Which attributes of this asteroid goddess would you like to embody more fully? Wisdom, courage, strategy, practical creativity, a tactful diplomatic warrior, More defensive by nature, but will go for the jugular if necessary. Well-developed political and negotiating skills. Uranus and Pluto are this T-square's other physical members. They've been the prime astrological catalysts for the radical changes we've experienced in this tumultuous decade. Their energy of revolutionary transformation isn't quite the fire-breathing dragon it was earlier in the teens. Their waning square will get no closer than a 7-degree orb in February, and they'll separate by as much as 15 degrees later in 2019. But don't count the Uranus-Pluto square out yet. We'll feel its influence through 2020, and this dynamic duo still has the power to bring big change fast. Within this T-square, they'll add electricity, support from intuitive flashes, and their trademark energy of revolutionary transformation to whatever qualities of palace you choose to cultivate. The final members of this grand cross are the Capricorn south node and the Cancer north node. On the most basic level, this axis of destiny asks that you work with this aspect pattern in alignment with your soul purpose. Take the practical steps that are needed, Capricorn, while infusing them in love and nurturing Cancer. So that was the original grand cross interpretation. I'm coming back to adding Mars. If we think of the original aspect pattern as a stage setter, a potential energy waiting to be activated, then Mars acts as its trigger. It's an especially good time to immerse yourself in this aspect pattern's themes during Mars' guest appearance. Also, on Saturday, January 26th, a cradle featuring Venus, Pallas, Vesta, and Uranus begins again today on January 26th, peaks on February 3rd, and ends on February 10th. This aspect pattern provides harmonious support for decisive, strategic action, that's Pallas, in support of a higher cause, Vesta. Venus suggests that this action could be taken in partnership or might involve the arts. Uranus suggests that the higher cause might be outside the mainstream. The presence of Uranus also makes it easier for you to be guided by intuitive flashes and encourages you to partner with a cause that electrifies you. Ease, the Embodied Awakening Support Experience, offers you free weekly events via phone, web, and MP3 to help you enjoy more harmony, grace, and flow, eliminate suffering, boost your intuition, stop mental chatter and challenging emotions, live each day in a peaceful awakened state, support the global spiritual awakening, and much more. The online recording library, over 170 MP3s and counting, lets you experience the life-transforming power of Ease anytime. To learn more, go to astroshaman.com. Under services, I believe Ease is the fourth one down. Check it out. Again, it's free. On Sunday, January 27th, a rare quadruple yod featuring Venus, Juno, Pallas, Vesta, Chiron, and the North Node begins today on January 27th, peaks on the 31st, and ends on February 4th. With Venus and three asteroid goddesses, the energy of this aspect pattern is overwhelmingly feminine. This bird's-eye view lets us see a simple meaning to this complex pattern. And as before, I'm going to give you the plain English, and then I'm going to go back and add the uh, bodies that that are causing me to interpret it. Adjustments that support the healing of the wounded feminine in alignment with each person's soul purpose. And with the stuff, adjustments, the yods, that support the healing, chiron, of the wounded, Chiron, feminine, in alignment with each person's sole purpose, North Node, in the nurturing motherly sign of cancer. Male-bodied persons are not excluded. Everyone has a feminine aspect, and we can all benefit from its healing. If you don't already have a simple, effective tool for self-healing, thousands have benefited from my free healing invocation. Also, on Sunday, January 27, your thinking and communication can get fired up with excitement and inspiration, thanks to a Mercury-Mars quintile, Mercury-6 Aquarius, Mars-18 Aries. On Tuesday, January 29th, your intuitive flashes can help you align with a worthy cause, or show you how to better serve one you already support, with a Uranus-Vesta sextile, Uranus-29 Aries, Vesta-29 Aquarius. This vital and harmonious aspect also supports sex magic, using the energy of arousal and orgasm to empower your law of attraction visualizations. If you'd like to learn more about the law of attraction part, go to my site, astrashaman.com. go to the search box in the upper right corner, type law of attraction made simple. Finally, on Tuesday, January 29th, Expect to be more brilliant in your thinking and communications as the Sun and Mercury conjoin in Aquarius at 10 degrees Aquarius. Aquarius is the sign associated with genius. On Thursday, January 31st, one of 2019's most important aspects makes its first exact alignment today. Again, that's on January 31st. This Saturn-Neptune sextile will perfect twice more on June 18th and November 8th. It's in orb, which means close enough to have a meaningful influence for almost 15 months, November 10, 2018 through February 1st of 2020. Because this aspect is so important, it merits a deep dive into the numerous ways it can be expressed. Special thanks to Ren Butler for letting me harvest some of these interpretations from his wonderful book, The Archetypal Universe, Astrological Patterns in Human Culture, Thought, Emotion, and Dreams. What are some high sides of Saturn sextile Neptune? Law of Attraction, Embodied Awakening, Conscious Dissolution, Humble Grounded Spirituality, Disciplined Spiritual Practice, Mature Detachment, Practical Focused Compassion, Concrete Service to Those Less Fortunate, Putting Your Ideals into Practice, Tranquil Solitude, Sacred Silence, and Hard-Earned Peace, and spiritual mentors what about the low side demoralizing doubt and uncertainty disillusionment and melancholy withered dreams and challenged faith unclear boundaries craving drugs or alcohol to blur painful emotions and simulate states of mystical union if you're experiencing any of these low manifestations focus your energy on the high side potentials instead It'll give that Saturn-Neptune sextile something better to do. Whatever your sun sign, my forecasts can help you make the best use of the current astrological energies. All dates and times are in the U.S. eastern time zone. Events are most powerful on the dates given, but their influence will be active for at least a week before and after. Everyone's affected by these global transits. However, you'll be most powerfully impacted when moving planets activate sensitive points in your natal chart. Discover how these transits will personally affect you by booking a session with me. Go to astroshaman.com, go to services, and pull down Astrology Plus. Looking ahead to our next podcast for the first half of February, we're going to have a new moon in Aquarius. Mars is pretty busy with outer planets, squaring Pluto and conjoining Uranus. Uranus will oppose Pallas Athena And we'll have three peaking aspect patterns, a cradle, a grand cross, and a yod. As always, I'll be here to give you the best use of all these astrological energies. You can hear my forecast on This Week in Astrology. But would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with Astroshaman's free email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? Astroshaman is an authorized dealer for Solar Fire Gold, which also runs on Mac's running Windows and recent Windows tablets. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose Solar Fire Software from the drop-down menu. A free forecast newsletter and the best available price on SolarFire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. This is the announcements section. The following announcement is for a men's gathering, but if you're a woman, please listen anyway. You may know a man who could benefit from this. This is the 6th annual Wildman Gathering. Now, it happens in August 16 to 18, which is a while away, but I'm telling you for a reason about it right now. This is a weekend of elemental initiations for men, earth, air, fire, and water. It'll be located near Asheville, North Carolina. And the early bird deadline is this Monday, January 21st. So you'll save $100 if you register by this Monday. That's why I'm making a big deal about it right now. So what's this like? You'll go within. You'll go deep. You'll dance. You'll bellow and scream. You'll sit in deep stillness and silence. You will walk across fire. You will walk away a new man. We're celebrating the sixth annual Wild Man Gathering, August 16 to 18. Are you a man who wants to co-create your destiny in alignment with your soul's true nature? Do you want to live a life overflowing with passion and vitality while holding a profound stillness within? A thriving relationship with your inner wild man lets you make life decisions guided by your timeless soul. Connecting with your wild man can feed your gnawing hunger for something more. I facilitate one of the small group clans at the wild man gathering. Every year, I see how profoundly men are transformed by this soul-deep weekend immersion. Again, the early bird discount ends this Monday, January 21st. You can save $100 for more information, astroshaman.com. Look in the What's New section. As you're about to hear, I have brought back interactive listener consultations. I'll be firing one up here in a moment. To have your question answered, it needs to be about a specific issue that's important in your life right now such as soul purpose, relationship, career, spirituality, or your talents and abilities, please email it to me at info at astroshaman.com. Send me your question along with your date, time, and city of birth now. And finally, this is going to be the last podcast announcement about the eclipse special. I know I mentioned it earlier, but here is a little more related information. As I already said, these eclipses will impact 22% of your natal chart. Any sensitive points in your chart in these ranges will be strongly affected. 10 to 20 degrees cardinal, that's the signs Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn, 26 to 29 degrees cardinal, and in the fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius, the 0 to 6 degrees range. Discover exactly how these eclipse energies affect your chart and how to make the best use of them. Save up to 45% off my full rates, when you do an eclipse-focused session between now and the second eclipse on January 21st. These sessions can cover any topic you like, not just eclipse effects. Shamanic healing and awakening activation can also be included during your session. Like all my clients, you're protected by the Astro Shaman Guarantee. If you don't feel that your session was helpful, it's free. I look forward to helping you make the best use of these powerful eclipses, as well as your other important astrological influences. If you know these eclipses will be impacting you strongly, or if you'd dislike some help with all the intensity and challenge in your life right now, I'll be delighted to help you with a satisfaction guaranteed Astrology Plus consultation. Again, go to astroshamma.com. On the home page, the first item in what's new is the eclipse special. As I record this on January 15, we're having our first shamanic awakening meetup in our new home tonight at 7 p.m. So if you're in the Asheville area and you're hearing, it, hearing this soon enough, come on over. Um, you can reserve your spot at meetup.com. Search shamanic awakening ceremony there to find us. Or in the uh, on my site, astroshaman.com, a quick way to find our little post about it is simply to type meetup, all one word, M-E-E-T-U, up in the search box, and it'll come right up for you. And that's all the announcements. Welcome to our listener consultation. It's been a long time since we had on this week in astrology me actually interacting live with a client, but we're reinstituting that here in 2019. And my first, uh, my first person I'm working with here is Cheyenne. Cheyenne, welcome to this week in astrology.
1: I'm so glad to be here.
0: And uh, let me let me establish some of the ground rules we're working with. Um, Cheyenne um, has chosen not to reveal her birth data publicly. I have it, of course. I needed it to run the charts. And I will be putting up charts, but all of the birth data will be wiped away. You'll still be able to see the the natal chart and the moving planets as described, but there will be no personally identifying information apart from that. So again, let let me confirm, Cheyenne, that that's okay with you.
1: That works for me, thank you.
0: Okay, beautiful. Okay, so... um, Why don't you just tell me what our topic is today? What are we going to be focusing on?
1: Um, A wounded soul and how to evolve beyond that.
0: Okay. All right. Do you want to add any particulars beyond that?
1: Um, Well, if you're looking at my chart and you notice that Pluto sun conjunction opposing the moon, Uh um, and, and there's that whole karmic journey that each of us is on and where it takes us, and how in a lifetime we can potentially take on quite a load, Uh um, presumably to evolve, Mm -hmm. but at some points it can seem a little overwhelming. So it's about navigating through that and moving forward.
0: Okay. So um, now again, when we first corresponded, you, you were particularly focused on a relationship that Uh, Involve deception and false allegations and such. Are you willing to go to that level of explicitness here?
1: Yes, that's correct. That is part of the woundedness, so I'd be absolutely open to going there.
0: Okay, beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Because unless we can get to that level of specificity, it's going to be hard to do a meaningful uh, segment here. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so let me let me give some identifying info on the chart. So those of you who are listening, you can see All the natal chart and movement systems I'll be discussing here uh, at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. This will be the podcast for January 16, 2019. Um, I don't know the show number as I I hear, but if you're listening to it, I I said the show number right at the beginning of the show. So let me just uh, cover some basic on Cheyenne's chart um, and and the nature of what I'm doing here, Cheyenne, sometimes I'll be addressing you, sometimes the listeners, so forgive it. That seems a little um, bipolar. It's just how I work. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) All right. so, So Cheyenne, I've got your chart with Sagittarius rising, 6 degrees, 57 minutes. I have an Aquarius moon at 20 degrees, 29 minutes. As far as you know, is all that correct? Yes. Okay, good. So... And again, the the salient feature of the chart, as you described, is a Sun-Pluto conjunction, just rounded to the nearest degree. The Sun's at 23, Pluto's at 20, so that's a very tight Sun-Pluto conjunction in Leo. And they oppose the Moon, which is at 20 degrees Aquarius. So that obviously is is the dominant feature of your chart, without question. That is the big thing. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing, Cheyenne, you may not have known, I don't know if you've ever looked at the asteroid goddess Juno in your chart. No. But she is square all those guys. She's at like 26 Scorpio. So you actually have oh my a, goodness. you actually have a T square. Um and Juno oh. totally brings the relationship theme in, not just any relationship, but Juno's about committed partnership. So to have oh. both luminaries and Pluto in that T square, it it actually predicts a certain amount of challenge will be involved in any relationship. Um even okay. even the best of them and, and let me let me be clear this anyone who's been in enough relationships knows that there is no relationship no matter how perfect it is Where you don't ever get triggered. It's 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 part of that person's soul job Whether they know it or not to to offer you catalyst that will stir up any of your unhealed stuff And that's how we grow and evolve if we never get mm-hmm. you know If we just go in our flow zone all the time we might be comfortable, but we don't really evolve very quickly so right. to me the chart says Um, you're wired to be in committed partnership. It is actually part of your sole purpose. And there's other reasons in the chart that I will, that also reinforce the theme I'll be getting to shortly. But to have Sun, Pluto, Moon all opposing and then square Juno to me is a very clear statement. You know, your evolution represented by Pluto is enhanced by going into committed partnership. The squares say there probably will be some challenge involved but as I say over and over again on the show you know uh, squares and oppositions are not bad they're just really stimulating (laughs) and you know the (laughs) the typical experience is in the earlier part of life they do challenge you and they do they do cause trouble but if you really grow into mastery of the archetypes that they represent then the hard aspects can actually become your best friends Mm so um uh, one thing you asked in your your thing Um, you said, am I meant to have my trust broken repeatedly by loved ones in this lifetime? And um, I would say that is not fated, okay? It may have been the story so far, but there's an evolutionary lesson here. And if it's recognized and learned, then my experience with myself and with the thousands of clients I've worked with is um, once you learn the lesson, that particular flavor of challenge stops because it has served its evolutionary purpose. My experience of life is it's not random, cruel universe just buffeting you around for no good reason. You know, any challenge that arises is meaningful and is totally for your soul growth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Those are, yeah, those are my beliefs exactly. Okay. Good. Yes. Thank so, you. so if we do believe that, then it says once you've learned the lesson, the challenge will stop. Yeah. Okay, also. Good. Also. So so I, I don't believe you're fated to have just, you know, one horrible relationship after another. I don't think that's how it plays. Um, let me mention also, Cheyenne, tech, I'm hearing a kind of a chirping sound in the background a lot, and I'm wondering if you're aware of that and if there's something you can do to, to make that stop.
1: Uh, what it was was somebody messaging me, and they have stopped.
0: Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I'm glad that was just intermittent. Now, I have further evidence about the importance of relationship in your chart. So let me lay this bit of of groundwork as well. So your chart has a Gemini descendant, which means the cusp of house seven has Gemini on the cusp. And while the seventh house itself is pretty clear, in the house system I use porphyry, I have Uranus very late in the house, a minor factor. But when we go look at Mercury, the ruler of your relationships, ruler of Gemini, we get some more really interesting information about what relationship is wired for. So Mercury for starters is in Virgo. And, and this says that of course, now Mercury will be describing not you so much as the partners you attract. Okay. So Mercury says Mm -hmm. I'm in Virgo and, and like anything in astrology, Virgo can go high and low. The, The dark side of this will be you attract people who are obsessively perfectionistic, Maybe with themselves and with you. Have you found that you tend to attract partners who are critical of you and expect more of you than you can really do?
1: I'd say in early days I did, yes.
0: Okay, so that was an early. Not thing. so much.
1: Well,
0: I'm glad, mm-hmm. I'm glad you're past that aspect of it. Okay, now on the high on the high side, and also Virgo is illness and health, so there could be a sense of you know you could attract partners who are health promoting or partners. Whose influence actually is destructive to your health. So it's good to note that overall effect to see if you're attracting someone who's expressing that Virgo energy more high or low. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's let's go further. Um, Mercury is conjunct Venus, just to give some degree numbers. Mercury, again, rounding to the nearest degree is 15 Virgo, Venus is 18. They're only three degrees apart. That's a pretty tight conjunction. Venus is actually everybody's natural relationship ruler. That's one of her core archetypal themes. So it suggests, wow, not only have we got the the seventh house ruler, the relationship ruling planet, right, conjunct Venus, that to me reinforces the importance of relationship in your chart. Okay. I mean, we already saw Juno with the luminaries making that theme once. Now we have it again. And um, the Pluto-Juno luminaries thing suggested, wow, there's a lot of old baggage a lot of old karmic cleanup to be done in your partnerships, okay? That theme comes Uh back again, because the South Node conjoins Mercury and Venus. Again, the numbers, South Node, 10 Virgo, Mercury, 15, Venus, 18. So there's a triple conjunction of these three points. South Node indicating in relationship, you will, through the interaction with the partner or other people, you will bring back up the unresolved wounds from prior lives and hopefully resolve them. Okay? So, uh-huh. so, to me, the chart's now painting a really clear message that you're here to resolve the old karma from before in certain lifetimes. And, yes, this does tend to be challenging, without question, but handled skillfully, you can actually bring to resolution or harmony all those old untied you know, things and all the wounds that needed healing. So, uh-huh. so it basically makes you necessary to be skillful. Now, I'll mention a couple of possible tools that uh, I've found to be helpful with these things, and of course there are many wonderful tools out there, and the ones I'm about to mention are by far not the only ones. But, um, first off, it's good to have a means to communicate with the other person that is an effective means of resolving relationship conflict and let me just check in do you already have such a tool that you have used in your relationships
1: well nonviolent communication which is what you recommend i've okay. used
0: good and have you found that to be helpful
1: yes i have
0: okay good yeah and and specifically um i referenced the the four part nonviolent communication method which you can google that phrase, four-part nonviolent communication method, and and they lay it out right there on the page in summary. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to go uh-huh. into that here, but I'm glad you were aware of that. And and if anyone listening on the show here is having trouble with relationship communication, please check that system out. If you've already got some of the works, better use that. But this is an awesome tool. It's been used for decades and has worked well for a lot of people. The second thing is to do your personal shadow work. Because uh, one thing that's that I believe to be true is that in your in your when you're triggered by the other person, a lot of people just point the finger out at the other person. That's your fault. I'm feeling this way, um, and I like to say, point one finger at another person, you got three fingers pointing back at you. <laughs> so um, my belief is that no one can make you feel anything. The person can be a catalyst, yes, but any emotion that comes up, you're responsible for. So. If you say, that person made me feel that way, all of a sudden you have disempowered yourself. If they made you feel that way, then you're powerless to control your own feelings. But once you say, wow, Uh I'm responsible, now with a helpful tool, you can go internal work and you can heal all that old stuff, even if the other person doesn't help you a bit. Even if they just catalyzed you in an unpleasant way and moved on. So taking responsibility Uh for that is super important. And
1: uh-huh. and
0: again, you've got all these planets, the South Node is, is, a, is a facilitator of shadow work. Pluto is all about the shadow work. He's Lord of the Underworld and he loves to bring up that old material when it's time and not before. The, the blessing thing is most of the stuff you have karmically stored up will never even emerge in this lifetime. You know, the uh-huh. only what's ready and karmically ripe will emerge from that reservoir of stuff from all those prior lives. So my belief also is that we only have as much come up as we can actually handle if we're skillful. So that that's another yeah. thing I hold true. So so basically okay. the so basically the point I'm making is your chart, these factors: Sun, Pluto, Moon, Juno, T-square, and then the triple conjunction of Venus, Mercury, the relationship ruler in the South Node are pretty clearly indicating you came here to do some serious relationship work to be triggered and to skillfully work with that old stuff. Now, do you already have a tool that when you do get triggered that you can do your internal shadow work with and do it successfully?
1: Well, I have. I am trained as a facilitator in mental health, Okay. and I do a lot of writing, so I write and write and write, I do internal family systems work, I don't mm. know if you've heard of that, I so I spent the better part of this summer doing that, I felt that I had freed myself, but bam, it comes back. So I feel that I'm a bit stuck with my internal process. Okay. And I'm wondering if you have any recommendations about how to get unstuck with
0: that. I do have a tool that I have given for years and that I continue to recommend because it remains the best tool I'm aware of for the job. And it's my healing invocation. So um, Mm -hmm. it it involves, now again, my methodology with invocation work Um, The premise is spiritual, and it assumes that you have a higher self that you can invoke energy from and passively receive it and be helped by it. So I'm not going to go into great depth on this, but I will will tell you and everyone else how to get to this if they're interested, Uh, just so I can do it now and not forget it. Uh, The full information about it is found by going to astroshaman.com, my website. The last word on the menu bar is resources, the first pull done under that is invocations for healing and awakening. Click or tap that. Then a page comes up with two posts. The first has a blue angel, invocations for healing and awakening. That one's mainly about my invocation for embodied awakening. And the second post has a photo of a screaming man shaking his fist. It says, your negative reactions, golden opportunities for clearing and awakening. And that's the one that goes in depth on the healing invocation. So that's a resource to learn much more than I'm about to verbalize here. But the bottom line is, uh, to put it as simply as possible, you when, you when you are triggered, and I like to keep my definitions really simple, so triggered means I'm feeling a challenging emotion or a challenging physical sensation or both. And that's all you have to know. You don't have to get into what is it, where did it come from, what's the story behind it, all that stuff actually with this technique just gets in your way. All you have to know is I'm uncomfortable. And then you you respond to that by saying seven words directly to your higher self. You say, maximum healing that serves highest good, please. And then you rest in passive breath awareness. And you literally let your higher self do everything for you. And what happens if you are truly resting in passive breath awareness and not helping from your ego, is the divine sends energy right in your crown. It goes right to the area where the challenging energy is it stirs it up, it flushes it out. You'll actually feel energy flushing out your hands or your feet or chakras if you're halfway sensitive. And by the time this energy stops flowing, that layer of gunk will be permanently cleared. I like to say you have a great onion of consciousness where all these old wounds kind of layer on and the outer layer falls away. And you have this beautiful divine core, we all do, our God essence at the center, and every layer that falls off, the ego on the outside now has more light available, there's less blocking it and you end every Uh round of healing in a state, a deeper state of bliss, ecstasy or euphoria. Often people go into a really profound altered state just by doing this and it's an altered state where you're 100% functional. So, um, you know, doing repeated rounds of healing work as you get triggered, actually each, each round successfully done deepens your awakened state. Because each round, there's less obstructing you from the fullness of your divinity in full awareness. Does that make any sense?
1: It does. And and a a few years ago, when I discovered you, I was doing the healing and awakening. And for some reason, I just moved away from it. So I think I'll go back to it.
0: Okay. Well, if it was helpful back then, it might be helpful now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. The ego has amazing ways of putting up little resistances and we have, might stumble on a really helpful tool and, and the, the ego's job is, hmm, they're starting to wake up, can I lull them back into amnesia? And so we somehow lose interest in even these most wonderful tools that are helping. Okay. But I will add, if someone tries this invocation, it, it really is not effective for them, then it's not the right tool for you. Then, then search for something else. Um, uh-huh. So anyhow, you that's worth a shot. And so that's a practical tool that might be helpful. Now again, there's, like I said, there's a zillion great healing tools out there and actually at the end of my healing invocation post, I have a link to a post called Shadow Work Resources US and International where I describe uh, several other techniques that are not mine, but links where you can go explore some other tools like holotropic breathwork or shamanic ceremonies or uh, other okay. things that, that can be helpful as well. So. Right. um so, 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 so far we've laid groundwork in the natal chart uh, about, you know, yes, there's indicators here that, you know, doing, getting significant challenge in relationship is, is part of what you signed up for in this time. Um, I want to yeah. just finish laying the natal groundwork first. I actually looked pretty deeply at your relationship ruler, Mercury. And what I'm doing uh-huh. right now is on the first page of the PDF that, 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 the listeners can listen to, they'll notice that I always run a horoscope with an aspect grid, and in the aspect grid, I've got Mercury's aspects pretty closely defined. And um, I just want to highlight not every single aspect, but the key ones I haven't mentioned yet. So here, the relationship ruler, Um, I've emphasized so far, oh, you know, the more challenging aspects, but let's note too, Mercury is sextile Uranus, okay? So, Uranus is the uh-huh. planet that pops down intuitive flashes. The connection here is a sextile, 60 degrees, which is a harmonious, energetic aspect. And it's pretty tight. They're only like not even three degrees apart by sextile. So, this says one resource you have in relationships is to stop trying to figure it out in your own mind, which a, a Virgo Mercury will naturally tend to do. And in fact, you've got so much Virgo <laughs> That your first response in any situation might be, "Oh, I need to get up in my head and be logical and rational and figure it out," it would be a natural impulse. Uh-huh. But actually, Uranus says, "Well, fine, do what you can there, but why don't you ask your higher self what what should I do? What would serve highest good?" And and, and you know, go directly to that being which created you and which is always trying to guide you by sending down these little intuitive flashes and ask its advice. Uh-huh. And when it pops uh-huh. in. And um, the way one can distinguish an intuitive flash from just a regular thought, when the intuitive flash arrives, there's absolute certainty the moment the thought pops in. And um, and you may doubt it half a second later, but the moment it arrived, you knew in your bones it was true, okay? And that's okay. the best way I know to distinguish between the two. And yeah. when you get those hits around relationship, I would follow them, you know, when when those show up. And you can either wait, they pop in on their own from time to time. But if you actually ask your higher self, please guide me here, I I need your insight, then I promise you'll get a lot more of those intuitive flashes than if they just pop in on their own. You know, the divine is very responsive to to invocation. So so just know that. Yeah, so I, I assume you have occasionally gotten an intuitive flash and have been able to receive some insight from within in other areas of life. I use intuition quite a bit, and I'm I'm, tr- I'm I'm a trained psychic, so I do use it. Oh yeah.
1: Against the shadow side of Uranus is that it
0: can be quite the little disruptor. <laughs> well, the awakener. Um yeah. That's yeah, but,
1: that's, a, that's a factor that plays into this, I think.
0: Right, and let me let me expand on that a little bit since you brought it up. See, my what I observe, and and having done over seven thousand astrology sessions, I've I've observed in a lot of people's lives how these archetypes work my current understanding is these planets operate you know they're basically directed by your higher self and uranus Uh if if the field if the archetype it's it's connecting with in this case mercury say relationships if you're in harmony in a relationship if the higher self says yes this relationship is in alignment with your soul purpose and it's fundamentally on track then instead of disruption you'll get electrical delight and It'll keep quantum leaping to the next level, and you get all these great intuitive hits about where to take the relationship, how to make it more wonderful. So at that point, Uranus becomes a very harmonious influence, electrifying and exciting. Okay, it's when you okay. you have gotten into a situation that, in the opinion of your higher self, is not in alignment with soul purpose that Uranus becomes the disruptor, uh-huh. and it will yeah. do that regardless okay. of whether the aspect is soft or hard. You know, I, the 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 connection between the, the points, the planets or points in the chart, is actually much more important than the aspects, in my experience. Right. So, so you know, just just watch. If, you're, if you have a life situation that is chaotic and disruptive, just take that as evidence. It either needs to be let go or you need to transform it so it becomes harmonious again. hmm and, and if it's all exciting and in flow and, and just keeps quantum leaping, clearly it's, it's serving highest good right then. So, so Uranus is a very good, you know, factor to, to look at, you know, in terms of your relationships and and how, what kind of input is he giving you? And and that's something to be watching for. Um, And and there's even some minor aspects that we'll call this. Mars makes a tight semi-square to Mercury, which is a, a minor hard aspect, but still that could mean if the relationship's not working well, there could be argument, hopefully not violence, but Mars can go that way. Um, um, so if there's negative aggressive energy, that's definitely a warning sign with that Mars minor heart aspect. But at the same time, that could also mean fantastic sex. It could mean that there's a lot of assertive Yang energy between the two of you that can be very powerful and positive to get things done. So watch watch the Martian energy and how it's behaving. And, um, and Jupiter also makes a quincunx to Mercury. And Jupiter just expands. So um, the nature of this would probably be, you know, the quincunx says adjustment needed Jupiter's expansion. So relationships will tend to have large energies about them. And your job is to make yeah. sure that, you know, that expansive energy is is in a fundamentally harmonious mode. And when adjustments needed, right. be willing to shift and bob and, of course, your partner has to be willing to shift and bob too to make it all work. So you know, I would say, uh-huh. especially what you're doing in your life, you know, having a, a really conscious person would be a prerequisite for a satisfactory relationship.
1: Having a cautious person? No,
0: a conscious.
1: Conscious, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the, there's uh, one other connection I wanted to highlight. Uh, Pallas Athena, I use the four asteroid goddesses, is... is making a 135 degree aspect, that's a, a, I call it a square And that's you getting us, in fact, Pallas Athena, you know, in your transits is very strong right now. And Pallas Athena says, I need to have appropriate feminine assertiveness. I need to be strategic, I need to be diplomatic, I need not to just make a demand about something, I just need to really harmoniously work with the partner to negotiate a win-win solution that's her great strength and so when conflict arises and, and this was a curiosity I had when I looked at your chart someone like you who's got such a powerful Pluto connection conjunct the Sun tightly opposing the moon you know it depends how you play that power out a uh, uh, and let me just briefly cover the two ways Pluto operates it can be power over or power with power over is perfectly exemplified by donald trump you know for him he doesn't win unless someone else loses it's a zero-sum game dominate control Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and it would actually Mm -hmm. be easy for you with this chart to fall into that mode okay to just you know you would only feel safe by dominating controlling any aspect of your life you don't feel secure in but there's another way pluto Mm -hmm. can play which is surrender not to the other but to the divine I love the glyph of Pluto. I'm referring to the Pluto glyph with the circle and the arc and the cross. It, to me, looks like a person raising hands and saying, I surrender. And this is the surrender where you win. It's surrender to the higher self. And this is the Pluto I like and that I try to embody myself. I say, okay, divine, just what would you have me do and give me the power to do it? And and the more I find yeah. that I fall into alignment with divine will, the best I can, mm-hmm. the more powerful I become, and that's a power vastly greater than a strictly ego-directed power of domination or control. Mm-hmm. So if if it's well, in if, my case, go ahead,
1: it's been domination over me
0: ah. and abuse
1: of me, okay, uh, rather than the other way around. And what I've been doing is spiritually bypassing
0: ah. and
1: forgiving and. You know, putting in a higher light, and but I haven't been able to get in touch with my anger, 29 degrees Mars, ah. and I've been swallowing it. And so <clears throat> I've energetically uh, <clears throat> harmed myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. And, and so it's the, the power, the, the Pluto conjunctive sun has not been me being willful or Trump like. It's been quite the opposite. It's being subjected to people's power over me. It's time for me to speak my truth, but I have to be strategic about that because I've encountered very vengeful people Mm -hmm. who could harm me, um, you know, through social media or financially or any other way. So um, I I feel the need to speak up. With the Me Too movement Mm -hmm. on one hand, but on the other hand, there's always consequences for doing that.
0: Right. So this, to me, drives home. I Thank you for letting me know that's how it's expressing because I don't know how the archetype's playing out until the client tells me <laughs> because it can go both yeah, ways. Yeah, so yeah, in, no, I'm
1: fine with that, yeah. So, so
0: here's, here's what I see happening based on what you just told me. So obviously with Pluto conjunct the sun and opposing the moon, mastery of Pluto is a key theme of this entire lifetime. You are here with us with Pluto the Strong, you are here to to positively embody Pluto. And if you're on the path now, let me also clarify there's two possible paths with this chart. There's service to self or service to other. I hear you saying, I'm not doing service to self, which is again the domination control path. I'm here doing service to other. I really want to help other people. Is that your your yes. hope? okay? Yes. So basically, you can't... Until you embody your Pluto, you will attract people who will embody it for you. And they will often embody it for you in a challenging way on its dark side to give you the catalyst you need to embody it on the high side. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: It absolutely makes sense. I'm just I'm just a bit bewildered about how I go about... Um, interjecting the Pluto power in a constructive way within my psyche.
0: Okay, so I have some suggestions that you might try. There's, there's a number of approaches. Would you like, would you be open to some suggestions?
1: Absolutely, okay. Benjamin.
0: <laughs> so again, I'm again, I'm very biased by the approach I have of just calling in the Divine to do everything for me that it can. <laughs> I just find that so much more effective okay. than the ego working on its own. So one way is actually planetary invocation, or what I call my version of shamanic astrology. You could actually, just out of curiosity, have you ever worked directly with the planetary archetype as a conscious being and and consciously partnered with it in some way?
1: Of um, astro psychodrama a few years back, but not anything recently.
0: Okay, well, it's it's really simple here. The obvious player is Pluto. Okay, the sun and moon are the core of your of your personality. So you could just say, just figure out. Okay, th- the way I do it, you first have to figure out the archetype and what you want from it. So what I what I mm-hmm. what I'm projecting here is what you want is you want Pluto to be embodied by you on its high side and just. Are you in alignment with the version of Pluto I described, where you're asking to receive divine will, acting upon it to the best of your ability, having the divine empower you and you know give you the power you need to follow its guidance? Is that in alignment with your own life philosophy?
1: Absolutely,
0: 100%. Okay, good. So you could just say, an invocation might be Pluto, I call you now, I ask to embody you to the greatest extent that serves highest good, Empower me in a service to other capacity. Help me hear the divine guidance clearly and consistently, and give me the power to act upon it to the best of my ability. Something like that would be a really sweet invocation, I think. And then there's standard, and there's a standard karma-free safety clause I throw after every invocation I do. All this to the greatest extent that serves highest good. This or something better. God's will be done. Something like that. So um, I always, I, I always give it my best shot for my personality that I can figure out, but I've learned many times the Divine has an even better idea. And if I don't throw that karma or safety cause on the end, it can't give it to me. That's why I throw on the end, you got something better, to hire yourself, I'll take an improved version of what I asked for, no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: love it, love it, thank
0: you. So, so that, that, that's one method, direct planetary invocation. Now you can also invoke without referencing astrology, and it still works. Your higher self is listening regardless, and you can call for the same stuff without referencing the planet, and it can still come in. It's just a matter of taste. Do you mm-hmm. like invoking planets, or do you just prefer asking directly for what you want without that reference? So either way, you could do that. Now, since since the T-square involves Juno, and since we've got, again, the Venus-Mercury-South Node triple conjunction, you know, obviously this power has played out in the dynamic of relationship, right? Uh So you could also specifically say, I call for the ability to embody this power in the context of committed partnership. And you could also ask for, I now call to myself, you know, the partner who embodies, you know, the highest, most positive energies that serve highest good. Um, okay. yeah And so you can you can with planetary invocation you can involve as many planets or aspect patterns or moving planets as you want if you can make a coherent interpretation and request out of the whole you know elements you're working from you can make it as simple or as complex as you want. Right. So so that could be a really wonderful way to work with that. Um, also okay. now again the nature of a strong Pluto is again. I think we've covered this, but effective shadow work is part of the game. You know, my, you know, in my opinion, you you as a soul are very ambitious this lifetime. <laughs> my oh, sense is, and my,
1: well, I wanted, I do want to get a lot of evolving done my, at the soul level.
0: Well, yeah, you wouldn't have. Put Pluto where you put it if you have. And I I believe, by the way, that as an incoming soul, we choose that moment of birth with great precision. And even if it seems like we were born early or late, it was all the soul pulling the strings behind the scenes, right? So, yeah, with that strong of Pluto, you came to embody tremendous power. You came to be a force of nature. You came to embody tremendous power. So... Um, and you probably gave yourself a pretty challenging upbringing that disempowered you, so that you would have even more challenge. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> so anyhow, but, yeah. but, but just know that you're here to do great things. You're here to, I mean, when I look at your chart, I've got the Sun and Pluto in Leo, the the leader, the performer in the spotlight in the eighth house of profound transformation. Mars is in the eighth house too. To me, it says you're here to be an agent of transformation. You're really here to... I have,
1: to some extent, for others, yeah. Yeah. And, I and, have, to some extent.
0: And I would even say that the larger premise is, um, and I've seen this over and over again in client charts, the ones who were here to be the greatest healers often choose very challenging lifetimes because they know as an incoming soul, if I don't experience it in this lifetime and heal it first person, then I'm not. Unless I do that, I'm not fully qualified to help others who've been through similar difficulty. So you excellent
1: could, insight. And yeah, I see it as a way to develop my compassion.
0: Yeah, and 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 yeah. and yeah, because you can relate to them because you've been there and you can remember it in this lifetime, right? Yes. Yeah. So so yeah. one perspective that might help you is think think of all the challenge you've been through as simply on the job training. <laughs> I had I'm to go like through this I had to go through it to be effective helping others so that's that might be a helpful perspective I always like to say um, tell a good story about it so that you know it it is a positive way of framing it for your life because our the stories we tell ourselves totally shape our emotions and our perspective and how we move forward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so um, may I reference some of the things you put in your email when you wrote to me Sure. Okay. All right. So the apparently you broke up with someone in or you had a a deep betrayal in April 2018 late in the month, the the person you were with was deceitful, they told lies about you. Um, He even did illegal acts and, and exacted revenge in some way and you feel that you were innocent and undeserving of this behavior. And you're asking, do I write this man and clear it up? Do I write to my friends whom he used as tools to deceive me? Um, you want to speak your truth, but again, you're concerned about blowback from that. Um, mm-hmm. So, so let's let's address some of that, okay? So, can I
1: just correct one thing? Oh, please, um, please.
0: The, the, the the extent of the deceit was
1: revealed to me in April 2018. Okay. But the deception happened over uh, over a decade. Oh, wow. Over the period of a whole decade. Okay. Um, I just stumbled upon further information about it in April of 2018.
0: Okay, thank you for correcting that for me. All right, mm-hmm. so I'm going back to the natal chart. I'm just examining a few things. Hang on a second. Okay, so, interestingly, when I hear deception, the first thing is, Neptune, but actually your Neptune is not really set up in a challenging manner with relationship to a great degree. There's a little, um, there's a little, mi- let's see, yes, mm-hmm. a minor heart aspect of Venus, but your Neptune's not really set up to be the the reason for this.
1: Um, I wonder if it's the Neptune when it transited my natal moon. Which when potentially the deception started.
0: Okay, that could be I'm a player, but I also believe that, you know, the that would make perfect sense that deception would start. And I guess the, the challenge that we've already described in the natal chart would be the the groundwork under which the deception would occur, again, a power play by a partner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm noting, uh, I'm looking for a natal indicator of deception by a close partner. And to me, the the placement that makes the most sense is Juno in the 12th house. Um, Juno, committed partner in Scorpio. One of its lower meanings is, you know, decept- is hiding things, being sneaky and, and secretive. And the 12th house is the house of hidden enemies and, you know, deceit and lies as well. Now it has many, all both the sign and house have many positive meanings too. But in this context, that, to me, is the mm-hmm. natal prediction that shows that that could have happened. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to establish a foundation for that. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, again, the question of should you... Now, again, now I'm working not so much from the chart, just from my own, what I've learned in life. Um, mm-hmm. So... To write him and clear it up, in other words, you're saying should you... In other words, apparently you haven't confronted him about this yet. Is that correct?
1: That's correct,
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's no contact. Okay. Is there... It, as far as you know, is he still spreading lies about you? Yes. Okay. All right. And um, that's an interesting question. So you're being defamed, and right now you're just being quiet and just taking it and not doing anything about it. So. Yes. Yeah. Are you concerned yeah, that if you concerned. do go out public that, are, are for example, are you afraid of, like, physical violence from him? Could he actually attack you and hurt you if you do this, in your opinion?
1: No, no. Um, he has a facade to maintain, so I don't think he would do that.
0: Okay, so you're not um, in physical danger. It, okay. It's, it's It's more about justice and
1: potentially any defamation of me cascading down to my child.
0: Ah, okay. All right. So, so if you did come out, in your opinion, what's the worst that could happen? Um,
1: hmm. Stigma, stigmatization, judgment.
0: Okay. Why? Um,
1: why? And non non resolution of it because how do you how do you fight something like that? Okay. How do you counter it?
0: Okay. So. Um, if unless I'm mistaken, you're already being—are you saying stigmatized because you spoke up?
1: Um, no, not because I spoke up. No, oh, okay. I'm I probably misunderstood your your question. Um, so, so the rumors have run through a group of people. Uh-huh. I stay away from them. Okay. Um, I've maintained more of a passive response and done some spiritual bypassing, whereby I've you know, let spirit take care of that. Oh. Um, but um, the Me Too movement has aroused something in me that says, you need to speak your truth, otherwise you'll go to your grave regretting mm. that you never spoken. And so give the person a benefit of a doubt, and even though it's deception, give the person the benefit of a doubt that they misperceived, Mm -hmm. and went along with a misperception and distorted it Mm -hmm. beyond all, you know, ramifications. Right. And it it turned into something,
0: uh, a a blatant lies. Okay. So, the seed
1: may have been a misperception that got blown way out.
0: And you're speaking now of the perceptions of the person who's been defaming you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so... So again like i I would like to ask my question again because i'm I'm still hoping to hear a clear answer to it so basically okay. if you if you came out and you said this this person has said these things about me, they're not true, here's my version of the story, et cetera, um, would your situation become any worse than it already is? in your opinion? I mean, I, I don't understand what the risk is. If there's no threat of physical violence, he's already said all these terrible things about you. I mean, how much worse can it get? Mm-hmm. Is my question. Well, it could be public.
1: It's, it could be public instead of just among a, a, a certain network of people. It could become, his allegations could become public. So
0: his allegations have, have not really, they're not all over social media. They're just rumors or no, lies spread it, in a limited that's way. Correct. Okay. That's correct. All right. Okay, so it could blow up and the rumors could get much larger. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I understand the risk. Um, so yeah. so are you aware of the people who have been lied to about your situation? Do you know which ones? Yes. Okay. So yes. what would be the harm in going to those people and letting them know the truth?
1: I was thinking of doing that. Okay. Um, they have a state, they have... Um, they have some kind of financial relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. So they may not be willing to, um, um, acknowledge what's been said as being untruthful.
0: And does, does the truth or lie of the situation actually affect their financial interest in whatever situation this is?
1: Both ways. It could affect both, both parties. Uh, the person who's doing this, okay. and they're there as well, yeah, there's, okay. there's money involved.
0: Oh, I yeah. didn't know that, so there's a whole financial layer, okay.
1: Yeah, not, not my money, right. but they're, they're, yeah.
0: Interesting, yeah. okay. Alright, so, yeah. so they may have a vested interest in believing him versus you because believing him is more supportive of their financial interests?
1: Absolutely.
0: Huh, okay. So you're afraid that would make him go rogue and and be even more public with his his lies.
1: Yes, correct. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. Thank you for giving me a better perspective on the situation. So again, it's not my it's not my job to tell you you should or you shouldn't do either action. But uh, and actually, believe it or not, astrologers have a code of ethics. We're not allowed to tell a client what to do.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I realize that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um so here um, let me let me frame uh, did you have something more you wanted to say? No. Okay. All right, so so the question then is this is clearly an opportunity to either be empowered or disempowered. Yes. You know, and you you've got a very clear situation here to step into your Pluto in a you know, in a harmonious way. And I mean, uh-huh. there's there's different ways of doing this. You could come out all angry and biting and vindictive and counterattacking and, and come with a low Pluto and power over. Or you could come out and be more high path saying, okay, I'm calm. I'm in my center. And here's what actually happened. And the method. That's of deli- what I want to do. Right. Okay. So, so first off, I would say step one is to do whatever internal shadow work is needed to harmonize the situation the best you can. Um, and you'll have to get in touch with your own inner guidance as to whether being now reaching out to those who've been lied to or even being more public is, is in your highest interest. And that's, that's really, a, I can't tell you if that's what you should or shouldn't do, that's gonna be your own internal guidance on that. I will, right. I will just say the chart with what we've described is saying as long as you allow powerful people to control or dominate you, you will not have stepped into your Pluto yet. So to me, right. what's clear is it is, you know, the situation is asking you to step into your power. The The particular way that looks is your decision. Right. Whether that's yeah. going public and spreading this information broadly, whether that's just talking to the people who are affected by it, and and just feel what what is your guidance to do that, you know? The, this chart requires mm-hmm. the development of tremendous courage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, yes. and of course, you would need to factor, okay, what's the, like I said, what's the worst that could happen to me in this situation? And, mm-hmm. and what are the yeah. consequences if he, you know, goes much broader with it? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so those are things I can't tell you definitively what to do. It might be interesting, though, to look at the current transits you're under, and see if there's any hints there about uh, courses of action that might be, you know, implied by that. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, I'll have
0: to do. So I have done transit study, and and oh, great. Yeah, so I've actually I've actually studied your transits, your secondary progressions, your solar arcs, and your solar returns. So I did full homework here. <laughs> wow. Okay. So um, the most powerful transit, and and I and I was very restrictive of my transit study. Normally, I look at everything, but I I restricted myself just to relational themes this time. Okay. Uh-huh. So the most powerful thing happening is transiting Neptune is opposing your Mercury and Venus right now, and again uh-huh. Mercury is your relationship ruler. Venus is always about relationship. So and by the way, Neptune was making this opposition when you made the discovery about the deception and again <laughs> low neptune is deceit you know backstabbing you know lies all that kind of stuff so the dark neptune uh-huh. was was made evident to you while neptune was opposing now on a higher uh-huh. note neptune is divine flow its spiritual awakening and inspired creativity the way that would apply here is this would be a, a beautiful means in which say, okay, I'm, I'm confused in my mind spirit. I now call on Neptune the flow of divine energy and information to guide my mind, Mercury, which it's right across from, to the course of action that serves highest good here. And you wow. can also call Neptune for healing. Again, Mercury's in Virgo, the sign of healing. And Mercury is a ruler, is the the ruling planet of Virgo, so you could all say, Neptune, I call your healing divine energy to heal these relationship wounds and help me do my shadow work and flush off the negative energy that this has stirred up in me. Uh Um, So that would be a lovely way to use the Neptune transit to not only gain guidance from within, but do the healing work that Neptune can, see Neptune's like water, it washes things away. So he's a beautiful ally yeah. to have there for healing in this particular context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's brilliant. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and now there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things to note here. I'm not going to specifically verbalize because I don't want these segments to run super long, but I'll try to hit the most important stuff. Um, yeah. You have another powerful transit. Uranus by transit is also aspecting Mercury and Venus and but this one is a square 135 degrees and this okay. one is is just you know in the middle of its warm up so uranus is the other planet of intuition neptune is the waterfall of information and energy uranus is more like the occasional lightning strike we we discussed him earlier so transiting uranus okay. is actually hitting mercury and venus itself and therefore i'm guessing that you're either getting intuitive flashes about the right course of action, or you can call them in, and and receive that guidance. Um, okay. So I would definitely be, you know, my, you know, I'll I'll tell you, I'll just share this from my own personal experience. The deeper I've moved into my awakening, the less able I am to make a rational decision. <laughs> it's like. I'm serious. It's crazy. But, you know, the more right. my intuitive capacity increases, the less I need my left brain because the stuff I used to have to do logically and rationally, I just know from intuition now. So, so basically, if the mind is confused and, and the nature of the mind is like a hamster with it, can run endless possibilities, pro and con, and never come to a decision, right? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I prefer the clarity of a definitive intuitive answer, personally. And you've got both intuition planets hitting Mercury and Venus, both representing relationships. So I think the guidance will be there if you just call it in and leave enough quiet space to receive it. Yes.
1: Does that make sense? Okay, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, next I'm going to touch on a couple of progressions. And uh, secondary progressions are transit slowed down a year for a day, to keep it super simple, however far... The transiting version of that planet goes in a day, the secondary progressed version takes a year to go that far, so the secondary progressed planets creep like snails. What really caught my attention here is the asteroid goddess Pallas Athena, this is where she really comes into play, in two capacities. Progressed Venus, the natural ruler of relationship, is right on top of Mercury, the chart's relationship ruler. Okay. And oh. um, she is like half a degree off conjunction. So that's that's saying relationship themes are very strong. It doesn't, to me, offer a specific guidance, except Venus is associated with harmony and flow and grace. So to mm-hmm. me, it's suggestive that whatever approach you take, you know, come to it from the most harmonious space you can, okay? Yes. Rather than the, mm-hmm. the uh, ultimate fighting championship approach where you're just all savagery and, and you know, and, and animalistic. It's like, think of Kane in, in Kung Fu. You know, he would fight, but it would be in a flow state, and he would be in the, in the greatest centered harmony, even as he was engaged in combat. So to me, uh-huh. that's suggesting you have the capacity to, if you do engage in this battle, come for it from the greatest flow state you can um yeah. the other okay. thing that also you have in your chart a and this is interesting too given the circumstances and a almost exact opposition of Pallas athena and mars you're you're and this is all just natal chart mars exactly twenty nine leo and Pallas athena twenty nine degrees um forgive me I got that wrong your mars is twenty nine degrees cancer and Pallas yeah, Athena no. is twenty-nine Capricorn and nine minutes. They're nine minutes apart from exact opposition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. so Mars in this case represents the masculine. And in a female's chart, Mars can represent the male partner. And of course he also mm-hmm. represents anger, assertiveness, violence, you know, mm-hmm. aggressive mm-hmm. action in 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 against you. Pallas Athena, I touched on earlier, but she is feminine assertiveness. She's also strategy, craft. Um, mm. She'd rather. She's a great negotiator. She's a fabulous politician. It's like, wow, how can I work out a harmonious solution so we don't have to do physical combat? Okay. Yeah. So to me, yeah. that that is suggestive in the natal chart of if you're having trouble with male aggression or male energy, you know. Yeah. Craft it out. Be strategic. Don't just be impulsive and just act mindlessly. Really think it through. Okay. You know, not just from okay. your left brain either. Just you know, also call on your intuition okay. to guide all that. You know, work with your higher self yeah. to get the best strategy. And and uh-huh. that and that to me is a chart suggestion of how to work with a difficult male energy. You know, be strategic. Be crafty. Not not yeah. in a not in a bad way, but in a in a, in a smart way.
1: Uh huh. So,
0: so that's yeah, a that natal that's a natal message, and then when you get into the fact that in the in the progressed chart, um, the progressed sun is a is square those two planets. The progressing sun is almost exactly square Mars and Pallas Athena. Okay, so that's oh. the the evolving sense of you, and that to me clearly saying now it's your time to shine the light and integrate that whole Mars Pallas Athena opposition in your natal chart. No.
1: That's that's yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Yes.
0: So so this is the time to work that opposition and really integrate it and master it the best you can mm-hmm. because the universe has clearly given you the opportunity here. Okay. okay? So so again, what is the what is the most strategic solution? What's the best strategy is what's being asked here. Yeah. Um, furthermore, um, I mentioned Progress Venus earlier on top of Mercury. She's also Sesquare Pallas Athena. (laughs) Yeah, she's Progress Venus is like making that 135 degree right down to Pallas Athena. She's also making the semi-square to Mars. So the moving planet of relationship is also lighting up Pallas Athena and Mars. So two progressing personal planets, both lighting up that opposition is... You know that that's rare by progression to have two moving points, aspecting the same thing. That that's that's extremely rare, and to me that makes it super powerful. Um, right. So I wanted to uh, to bring that really home. Uh, there's I'm one. <laughs> well, fortunately, I'm not. <laughs> finally, finally, uh, I also wanted to touch on one solar arc movement, and solar arc is yet another movement system. In solar arc, all, uh-huh. all the planets actually keep their same distance from each other, but they all creep along about one degree per year. Basically, they keep track with the progressing sun, which moves about one degree per year, and it's a timing system. And the one thing uh-huh. that's very juicy here is solar arc Uranus is almost exactly on Venus. And he's, he's like four minutes past exact hit. So your uh solar arc Uranus 18 degrees 8 minutes, Venus is 18 degrees 4 minutes. So virtually an exact hit and this is saying to me it's time to paradigm shift how you do relationship. Wow. It's time to make a radical <laughs> shift in how you relate. And and, and 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 you can think about it but really Uranus really prefers the intuitive flash. So just, if you're already getting that guidance, run with it. If you're not, then request it. Say Uranus, hey, you're right on my Venus by Solar Arc. Just give me the download. <laughs> I'll carry it out the best I can here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm actually sensing, I, I I could hit on the solar return as well, but I'm actually feeling that might be enough. But you tell me, do you feel like I mean, I've covered a lot of ground here, but has anything helpful transpired here? Do you feel like you've gained any insights that will actually help you deal with the situation?
1: I have so many insights, I can't count the number of ways. (laughs) And I've got tools, the tools that you've given me as well, but some of the transits that are going on and the aspects that they're creating are are just, like, (laughs) mind-blowing, Specifically the palace Athena twice and uh, the awakener saying, you know, you got to do a paradigm shift. So I'm so grateful to you for this consultation today. I just have to tell you, it's just what I needed. Oh, thank you. And I really appreciate that you chose my chart today.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad it all worked out like it did. So, so Cheyenne, are there any loose ends here that need tying before we bring this consultation to a close?
1: Uh, no, I don't have any loose ends that I can think of.
0: <laughs> okay, great. Well, in that case, we'll wrap it up. So thank you so much for working with me. Thanks for allowing me to share these insights and, and be willing to come on the show and, and talk about this really sensitive subject You know, where other people can learn from it. Thank you for your courage.
1: Well, thank you for doing this for me and for shining your light for many, many people
0: who oh. follow you. Oh, My great pleasure. Thank you. Living a harmonious life can be difficult, especially these days when things are moving so fast. You'd think that those of us committed to personal and spiritual growth would have it easier, but sometimes it seems as if our lofty aspirations cause us to face even greater challenges. Fortunately, you have a map to guide you, your astrology chart. It can reveal a wealth of information about your sole purpose, your optimal career, and your ideal romantic partner. Spirituality, timing, relocation, your chart, when interpreted by an insightful, experienced astrologer, can provide helpful insights into every area of life. And since the moving planets keep activating different parts of your chart, getting astrology updates at least once a year can help you keep focused on what's important now. But astrology is only the beginning here at Astro We also offer shamanic healing, which can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, and mental issues. Your shamanic healing session will also equip you with simple, powerful techniques you can use on your own to help you take your healing and spiritual awakening to the next level. We also offer other services to help improve your life, including awakening activation, electional astrology, mentoring, and more. All are equally effective in person or by phone or Skype. A digital recording of your session is included, and my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. To learn more, visit astroshaman.com. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up this episode. This Week in Astrology is honored to be chosen by Feedspot as one of the Internet's top 10 astrology podcasts. Check out our website, where you can hear the show and subscribe to podcast updates. You can also do a single sign-up for two great opportunities, chances to win a free consultation, and have your chart interpreted on the show. You can also donate to support us. Go to thisweekinastrology.com. From there, you'll be automatically redirected to the This Week in Astrology area of astroshaman.com. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2018 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every month. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's the index for this episode. The overview begins at 1 minute 59 seconds. January 18, 2 minutes 45 seconds. The 19th, 429. The 20th, 517. The 21st, 626. The 22nd, 1418. The 23rd, 1444. The 25th, 1537. The 26th, 1558. The 27th, 1956. The 29th, 2124. The 31st, 2214. Next show's highlights 2436, announcements 2602, and our interactive listener chart 3020. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.